Good evening. And I'm Robert Edward Booth of threeoaks1.com. Spelled threeoaks, numeral one, dot com. And it's Saturday, October 1st, 2022. And uh, I usually do a Saturday service, but it's a it's equally as important who I am and what bloodline I have. So I'm going to share some information that, you know, in addition to uh, some of the reason that, you know, I do a ministry with you and, you know, why I form it around more honest, more honesty than, than, than I think the, uh, Orthodox church or organized religion is doing, you know, so I'm kind of uh, like a Gnostic. Well, that's what I profess that I do Gnostic ministries, telling you things that the church keeps hidden and, and lessons from the Gnostic books that they have, things like that. So I did my more, I have a lot of information from, from my dad's side from my dad's side on the website already in the booth genealogy you can find that through the search box through the blogs and and you can download where i have i haven't honestly counted every single one of them but there's like 16 or 17 kings in the bloodline that came through my dad and his both his father and and his mother had quite a few kings going through their lines. Um, the Booth side had had the best line, but most of them French. Delion and and Booth came from from French lines and stuff. So I went over and did my mother's side and. In addition to the 17-odd kings that I found, you know, grandfather realm, some of them even, I mean, more than a good number, you know, three, four, five, they're getting out there, and I just haven't counted them all up, but grandfather realm stuff. And then my mother's side, I, I was looking earlier, you know, before just the other day, a couple of days ago, I discovered more about the Robert E. Lee dynasty. But her... her Two names, you know, of course, there's a mother and a father. So so I did the her mother's side, and, and that goes back to like three Germanic kings from, from northern Germanic tribes. So that's when tribes were still in Europe, you know, the Germanic tribes up in the northern near Sweden and places up there in the northern where the northern Germanic tribes were. You know, I can find some Swedish stuff going on in my genealogy from from the names and all that they have. Um, so I, after finding out there was, you know, an additional three kings through my mom, I decided she told me, she said, my granny used to tell me that we're, we're related to Robert E. Lee. And that's what I want to tell you about. In addition to the stuff that I've told you on the website, you know, I, I have Messiah, Messiah bloodline, bloodlines coming out of those Merovingian kings through my father's side. But but it additionally does tie back in 
through the Lee dynasty again to the bloodlines. Uh, I think King Edward, and you, you'll have to let me get that straightened out. So I think, you know, mark my words on that. I think King Edward ties back in again to the Lee dynasty somewhere. And I think that, but that's not the important thing that, but the dragon blood and the, and the, the royal bloodlines important to the ministry that I do. Because, you know, there's a king that rises and it was a scavenger king. And I got put on social security when I was young for telling them I was a reincarnate, you know. So so I can show you on these genealogy things. My mom's going to help me get uh, an inexpensive DNA test. I found one for $99, you know, that I can get. And she's going to get it for me for Christmas present if I get that. And I probably will to show some, some haplotypes or what have you that they do off that DNA. So I can show that the Messiah, I have the birthmark of Cain where my right arm and my head have a mark. You know, the, the, they, they call that the witch's mark where they look on the right arm and hand area and then the, the head, you know. So that's the witch's mark. So I have that. It's also the birthmark of Cain through those Merovingian kings. You know, the red that they keep finding on the Merovingian, there was four Merovingian kings that had crosses near their heart. If it was the back of their back or on their chest near their heart or some red crosses. And the red is still with that birthmark. My upper mark, not my hand or arm mark, is red. It, it was actually, I don't know now because it's on the back of my head, under my hair for decades, but it was red. So that, you know, addition, that come from Messiah bloodlines coming out of those Merovingians. Grail bloodlines, even since that, those Merovingian kings are the ones that, there was a there was a history has that there was a a Jewish tribe that was located where the Merovingian kings ran things whatever you know Frankish uh, wherever they were at I forget to call it Rhine Valley and places like that so wherever they ran that show at they had the the uh, Jews had an actual tribe set up amongst them. And then the, the Grail bloodline went on where Mary Magdalene's daughter ended up, you know, Mary Magdalene and Jesus, according to the, you know, uh, Knights Templars and documents that Nicholas DeVere presented in his book, The Dragon Legacy. So I'm Messiah bloodline, and I've got all those kings I've already talked about before, you know, 17 through my, my dad's side, and then three additional Germanic kings from the tribal Germanics of the northern tribes uh, of the Germanics that migrated north. There, those three from among, but but I looked into it, and and the Lee family, like my family name, finally ended up with a female Lee, right? So the name changed, and, and my name isn't Lee now. My name is Robert Edward, and Robert E. Lee was named Robert Edward. I don't know that anybody thought of that, but. Robert Edward is my name, and and so Robert Edward Lee, it, it, the name continued all the way up until my great-grandmother. My great-grandmother's name, her maiden name, was Lee. She, her name was Flossie Irene Lee. She lived to be 101 years old. Flossie Irene Lee. Now, that was her maiden name. 
so my name didn't turn out Lee because that changed by the time her son, my grandfather, you see, her son is my grandfather. And then my mother, so 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 she got married and the name changed. So even my grandfather's name wasn't Lee. It was it was her husband's name, you see, Holbrook. So anyway, the the Lee dynasty ties to me directly to the name Flossie Lee, my great-grandmother. So her daddy was Andrew Lee. And I see an Andrew Lee when I look. I saw a page on the web on the Internet that, that had Lee, you know, Robert E. Lee's direct family and stuff. And I saw Andrew Lee on there under John Lee, I think, if I'm not mistaken. But I finally did the research on that and couldn't I couldn't find that actual thing that I saw. But but I looked through the other genealogy site and, and I came up with uh, William Lee. Now, see, it goes all the way back to where some some of the Lees age or date wise in, in my genealogy. It'll go back to a certain point and. And somebody will go uh, back overseas, and you'll see where that person is overseas. And then the bloodline returns back through William uh, Lee. William Lee shows back up. You know, my grandfather's name, of course, uh, William Andrew Lee. So William Lee must be one of the family names, and it, it went back through you know, a few generations and then somebody went back to London or wherever it was, Lancashire, Cheshire or, or London. And, and then, and then the family name comes back to Virginia colony and, and William Lee again, attaches to my genealogy. William Lee is right in, in and about the area of Thomas Lee. Now, I think that Thomas Lee is William Lee's father, but I get that all messed up, and I don't have it on a document in front of me to read to you. But I, I think William Lee was Thomas Lee's son who had, you know, several children survive and come out of the Virginia colony. Uh, Robert E. Lee uh, was from one of Thomas Lee's sons, uh, Light Horse Harry. You know, the I believe his name was really Henry, but they called him Harry, Light Horse Harry. But but uh, that's who had Robert E. Lee, the the child of Thomas Lee. See, see, my bloodline though is is William Lee, that is. Probably another child of Thomas Lee. That I'd have to compare out for you and find out for sure. But this William Lee was right back in Virginia Colony and running neck and neck with, you know, the lighthouse horse Harry and the children of Thomas Lee. You see what I'm saying? So wherever the William Lee is in the documents you can find, you will find that William Lee in the Virginia Colony attaches to Robert Edward Booth after my granny Lee, you see. So we still had the Lee name on us all just until, I mean, I knew my great granny, you know what I'm saying? I went over her house a lot, fairly a lot, you know what I mean? 
So the Lee family was still coming through as far as children of those men of the of the Lee dynasty. You know, Lighthouse Harry and William Lee and Thomas Lee. and They were great names in Congress and, and, and in militaries and things like that. Some of the wealthiest people in Virginia Colony, you know, Carter. What was his name? King Carter, something like that they called him. He was the, he was the great, you know, wife, the wife's daddy uh, of uh, Thomas Lee, I think. So anyway, Carter was was another big name way back then in Virginia Colony that was like the wealthiest man of the whole Virginia Colony and 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 in Virginia. So then he his daughter married into the Lees. So those are my bloodlines going all the way back to that. And then look, check this out. Beyond that, I mean, these genealogy sites are wonderful. Beyond that, when I go overseas to where these men came from, now that's where I should have the name handy. I had it today, and I forgive me, please. I don't remember exactly which one of them it was. The the one they called the the immigrant. The immigrant. So he came over, and and before when you go back from him, uh, there's kings. There's actual kings from, and this should be interesting for you. Uh, you know, I'm not just doing religion exactly, but important in my, that I'm a minister and my bloodlines being Messiah bloodlines. You see, so I've got you already on seventeen kings, give or take, out of my dad. Three, we've already talked about the Germanic tribes out of my mom. And there's about five. I, 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 how do you count all that, right, while you're doing the research and making podcasts? So I'm going to get to all that. But about five showed up in the Lee dynasty. And check this out. Not Germanic uh, exactly, but in London, in London, England, Way back, and, and some of these kings go back to when, like, before, you know, 15 A.D. I mean, no, 15 B.C., I'm sorry. 15 B.C. times. Kings in my family that they can show through the Lee Dynasty goes back to about 15 B.C., you know, and and this is up in the area of London, England, when there were tribes, tribes of people in the London area. That area was inhabited by these kings that are in the, the Lee dynasty. And that doesn't, you know, I mean, I can go back to the Merovingians on my dad's side. I can go to the Germanic tribes, the, the northern Germanic tribes, like three kings up that way from my mom's side, you know. And then through my mom's side, if I want to look at the lead dynasty side, there's like five, roughly five kings that come from that time frame back in London, England area. They've got coins from at least three or four of them that made coins with with my grandfather line. These are grandfather lines. You know what I'm saying? If I flip back through, a lot of those come out to be my grandparent relationship. I mean, a lot of them. So that's what I'm telling you that. And Messiah Bloodlines, I'm Robert Edward Booth. I mean, that's three sixes. So there's like 
lots of information if you want a little religion that Gog, Gog is a person. Gog, according to what they talk about, Gog and Magog, a lot of them have it down, not a place. Gog is a person, a leader of a coalition of, of, of certain type of people. And I saw another article that led to the, 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 the interpretation that, that Magog had something to do with the Scythian people. Something, the Magog had something to do with the, the, Scythian people, they, the royal Scythian bloodlines. Most of the royal bloodline was going through those at a certain time in history. I found all that out reading the Dragon Legacy that Nicholas Devere wrote. You know that the the Scythians were big time of that that same Lucifer blood they call it the the Dragon blood. Uh, somewhere there's the Grail blood that splits up where it's you know Grail bloodline, which I am is, is part Jesus, part Lucifer bloodline. I mean that's how that Cain birthmark and all got in it. So I come through that and my name Robert Air Booth and check this out September twenty third my birthday. That's a day of prophecy. They did entire theological research programs on why September twenty third would be a day of prophecy and, and Venus got pregnant every 40,000, 26,000 years or whatever number. And she got pregnant on September 23rd and a strand of, of energy came down to earth through the astrological research. They did why September 23rd was important to prophecy. It's my birth date. And I got the birthmark of Cain, or they, some people call it the witch's mark, but it came through the, the Merovingian kings who were known to be the sorcerer kings, sorcerer kings, you know, the, so whatever goes on there. And, and Nicholas Devere says, you know, the, the dragon blood or the Lucifer bloodline, that's the only, the only bloodline that can really do magic, Messiah bloodline, if you will. You can look it up that the Messiah bloodlines come out of that. Um, I don't know why the Bible says Jesus is of Seth, Seth's bloodline, because that ain't what I found. And all the information I found, Cain's bloodline was always the Messiah bloodline, except for the Bible. Why that argues, I do not know. So anyway, I proved to be what you would call a cousin bloodline to Robert E. Lee. And that ain't bad. If you're looking for good bloodlines, you know, people that carry themselves in an upright way, I have some history behind me. I mean, I got put on Social Security for disability when I told them I was reincarnated. I had all that. I did a lot of work, and I show a lot of it on the website, you know, information that I can share with you at least. Uh, the genealogy, I mean, I have all those, including the Messiah bloodline kings, that a lot of grandfather bloodlines and the birthday that's the 23rd. Check this out. Check this out. And I have the X that Alexander Great, Alexander the Great, Abraham Lincoln, uh, people like uh, Obama, Obama that did the Obama administration, and then and then uh, Putin, President Putin of Russia. These people, like 3% of the planet, have this X on their hands, and I have that. I can show you photos I do on the website some places. But it turns into an M. It's actually an M or an X. But people are rare, like 3% of the planet have that. Great leaders like Abram Lincoln. You know, I just named them off, Alexander the Great. People like that. And I have that, and I have the September 23rd birth date. And then I have, like, how many kings did we get up to? 25, maybe. 
kings. By the time we got to 17 from the one side of the family and added eight more, and uh, there's a lot. So, anyway, I just wanted to share all that with you. And uh, God being a person who leads a coalition, some type of a coalition, and, and all I know is, you know, my name being Robert Edward Booth, and, and I was, I had a, you know, a, a bona fide psychic lady told me I was a priest and a king somewhere back 2,000 years ago. She was certified psychic. So I had like a past life experience, they call that regression, past life regression experience. And, and, I, and I got told by several people, including that lady, things that would lead to what I've claimed about, you know, being the Messiah or Jesus returned. And, and what, 6662? So that's what I'm saying. And then the Romans had the book, right? I mean, there's a catch to you just being lucky enough to have God's word from that time frame. Romans gave it to you. That leaves them giving you the slip someplace if you're not careful. You know, so I don't know what all all that means. It's ancient writings. It's interpreted. It's been, So, you know, by the time you get done with all the stuff it's been through, you can't just thump it and say it's, it's God's word. You can't do that. It's not honest. So, so when I minister to anybody, I try to keep it on the honest plane of things. Before that great and terrible spirit that we all know to be called God, I, I might I might refer to the most sovereign one, you know, or something like that, because I don't really want to connect to conventional Christianity in that way. I mean, we have, you know, babes in Christ where where people haven't achieved maturity. If you just want to go around and, and portray that you have God's word, that's a paradigm. And if you want to hand that to somebody and say this is God's word, then Nah, you know, I'm a lot like that viper comment that Jesus makes. You, you know, you say you know, but you do not know. Well, if you don't have a way to verify the Bible, then you need to refer to it for what it really is. It's, it's a Roman depiction of what you know Jesus did and all that. But it's a Roman depiction. You can't say that's God's word other than a paradigm. So to not lie to nobody in the name of love, and and to not be like a viper and tell you I know what I do not know. I'll refer to the Bible that comes from Rome, and I'll, and I'll let you know that's what it does. And then I'll tell you some of these books and things that are about as valid as the next thing that they found. And, and I'll, I'll say this could be, you know, uh, just like the other, what Jesus really said. You'll have to discern that with a healthy judgment over sacrifice attitude in order to maintain, you know, a a pure disposition, not just, you know, going around telling everybody, you know, this paradigm to satisfy your relationship with the church and the politics of being a member. You know, I mean, we're also people. You know, we're also people. And this is what I minister things like that. We're also people. And if you love me, the divine lives in me. The divine lives in you. And we live in the divine. And, and then our consciousness has everything to do with like divination, like these card readers and people that do divination. They know that their inner self, the, the God that's in them, like I do Reiki healing and we're like, they'll call it like my Buddha is in, in contact with you, the Buddha that's in you. Uh, you can, you might compare that to the Christ that's in me and the Christ that's in you or, or the divine that is in me or the divine that is in you, you see. And, and, and that's just, comp you know, ways that these cultures present things like that. But, 
But in any case, the divine dwells in you and me, and, and I, I don't want to be the face attached and the name attached person who told you they love you or wants to be a brother that loves you like any church should be operating and, and, and deceive you and deceive you and hand you a paradigm as you might take 10, 15 years to find out that this ain't really God's word. This is a Roman depiction. I'm, I'm going to kind of person going to tell you that's what it is. And I'm going to still love you. And it's not bad for me to not really take sides with the, what the Roman Catholic Church has done with, you know, what they have in their hands, calling it God's word. It's a paradigm that it would be. You're not responsible. Not No, Jewish law annihilates you being responsible for, for, for the God that gave them those words. You're not responsible for, for that material unless it's handled by, you know, a Jewish rabbinical order. And it's not. I don't care how many Catholics you put to it. It's not the Jewish rabbinical order. And the people that were studied it from have been subverted by another group. So to be honest about that in a healthy spirituality, you know, yes, love your brothers and sisters. But but one key to that is why deceive you with a paradigm and, and have you politic that it's God's word when it's 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 a book from Rome. It's a depiction that Rome gave you, and you should use uh, discerning, you know, that way. Use that view. You know, like a college view. We're going to look at it from that view. And if you don't do that, how, how healthy are you really spiritually as far as this relationship? Listen to me now. This relationship with the divine, the divine that's in me and the divine that's in you. Yeah, we can both agree that we need to lie about that for the kid's sake or for the community's sake. You know what I'm saying? We can agree to that. If you want to agree that we need to lie and everybody go around with this facade, you know, present a facade to everybody that this impression to everybody that that we all agree to just go ahead and just be deceiving about it. And we we have God's word. If you want to do it that way, but somebody needs to get up with me and square it off because I don't know that my king told you to do it that way. You see, I don't know that my king told you to do it that way. That's religious enough for you. Did did, my, did your king, Jesus, tell you to go ahead and listen to the Romans and, and portray it that you have God's word? Did he say that that would be a good, clever thing to do and say, we're all just agree for the sake of the community and go on agree for the sake of the kids that we're influenced and we got God's word. We all just lie like a dog. You know, wait till that kid grows up 40, 50 years later, done been through the ringer and like a head stuck in a rabbit hole, right? Keep their heads in a rabbit hole. He's trying to provide for his wife. He goes down to church faithfully, but he hasn't picked it apart and found out that he's not holding God's word yet. 30 years or something he goes through trying to be obedient, trying to trying to do what he thinks that Jesus would have him do, all that. And find out that, you know, he could be deceived. He could be he could be doing what he shouldn't do, telling that he's got God's word. How many people out from under that believe that every word in there is factual, that God gave that to you because this is God's word? What, what if the slip is that 666 is Jesus? Why? Maybe that's why, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I hate to seem uncertain about things, but... Why wouldn't it be as far as a clever play by the opposing tribe or whatever nation of people, you know, go on and, you know, make make the religious people that follow it believe this. You know what I'm saying? So if you don't know that you've got God's word for sure, then the paradigm thing, my king, my king didn't necessarily tell me to go on play a paradigm that you got God's word. My king, according to anything that I find, being a minister of anything, any, any sort to you, Gnostic ministry, what have you, 
my king nowhere gets way into a lot of disorder. I mean, he, he, he rebukes the fact that they were lawless people. He, 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 they found tra trails of him through the Essenes who kept the law, the, the Nazarene, the, the Nazarene group, the sect that the book of Acts reveals that, that Paul was, was a Nazarene preacher ahead of one of the, the sect of the Nazarene sect, which were cursed in the prayer. They included in their prayer, the other Jews that they should curse that the God could curse should curse the Nazarene ministry or what have you, that sect, the Nazarene sect that, that in Acts it talks about, you know, that, that Paul was a member of the, the Nazarene sect. So the law was very much still kept by the Nazarene sect, according to everything I could find. You know, I look stuff like that up. That's my responsibility to try to have you on a healthy way of seeing things in this judgment over sacrifice that's written in any case. And the principle is very sound, if you will, that you should use judgment over sacrifice. I shouldn't tell you that I have God's word to make that sacrifice when judgment tells me just to be on the level with you. We have a depiction coming from, from an opposing nation to them, and that's the view we should use, like a college-level understanding. That's the view when we read it and discern what we have. I mean, we can't just decide for the community or for the kids. We're going to tell that it's God's word. You know, you do your own work, you'll find that, that you're fooling what I told you. So I'm Robert Edward Booth. That's three sixes like Ronald Milton Reagan. I was told that I was a priest and a king somewhere in the Middle East 2,000 years ago by a certified psychic. She said she was. And then, you know, from there, I've had a lot of instances that I compare out on the website there. And I've got like 25 kings, more than a handful of them are grandfather realm kings and, excuse me, in my bloodline. I've got the X or the M, or whichever you make that out. By the time it's over, I'm not a palmist, but it does both, M or X, just like the, I've seen pictures of it, so it's like the one that Alexander the Great and Abe Lincoln, I got all that, my birthday September 23rd. I wish you'd join me. I wish you'd join me in an honest display of love for the divine, the divine that's in you, the divine that's in me, and that's in everything that's been created, and have a religion that, that appreciates and worships and serves that divine, that divine and that discerns, you know, right from wrong, that, that whatever goes on by that divine that's in you and me and how that will unfold in this physical dimension, you know, like that one consciousness, the, the God consciousness that's in you and that's in me knows that who did this to us and who and who's responsible. And the, and the might of that isn't just you. It's the divine that's in you. You see what I'm saying? The, the offense was to you that I told you the story. But but the, the, the besides that level of the offense, the divine that's in you, knowing more than just you and me know, the divine in us knows more. That's why they do them divining techniques and readings and things. Because the divine that's in us displays itself in our physical world, you can look that up. I wish you would. I challenge you in the name of Jesus. I just look it up. Uh, shaman principles have that there's, you know, first a spiritual condition, and then the spiritual condition will manifest in the physical domain dimensionally, you know, it'll just unfold that way. So when you damage one another, 
and offend. I mean, you can still kill uh, something to eat it or, or something that's dangerous to your kids or animals in your yard. You need to kill it. So, you know, you can look at that as an example of what the divine that's in that is going to do to you. You see what I'm saying? You have to still be able to function in the physical world without that kind of reservation. But but indeed, we're living humans, the higher form of life on earth. And when we offend each other and stuff, what goes on as far as how that dimensional condition, you know what I'm talking about, where the, where the one consciousness, the God consciousness, and the portion of that that's dwelling in you, and how that, you know, I'm in him, and he's in me, and you're in me, and I'm in you, and, and we're in him. Just using him, excuse the political incorrectness, him, her, God, you know, father, mother, God. And we're in this this energy, this sea of energy. And and so, yeah, you can kill the animal that threatens your kids or what have you. But, you know, and that animal's offended. The God that's in that animal's offended. But that, see, I'm a Reiki energy healer. I'm going to tell you that, like, the Reiki in me is now in contact with the Reiki and you connected, you know what I'm saying? So so what I'm trying to tell you is that that leaves also this, check me out. The divine knows how much or how little healing when I do a Reiki energy healing, you can contact me about that. When I do that, the divine God consciousness in you that's going to unfold in your, your physical world somehow knows how much or how little, check me out now, how much or how little, because that's the divine spirit, all wisdom, all knowledge, all power, the almighty is in you and in me, and we're in, and it unfolds the things, the dimensions of our non-physical conditions and things. It says it in the written word, hallelujah, right? It says, I shall try to bless you uh, according to the condition of your spirit. And I don't know, and I'm sorry, because I don't, I understand some of the occult level stuff, and I just won't attach my energy to that book that way because of where it came from. You know what I'm saying? I told you it's offensive when you tell one another it's God's word when it's a depiction from Romans, and you should be more honest like that. I want to deliver it to you that way. But but yes, the divine deciding this level of wraith or, or energy damage that might go on, like they'll say, you know... If you're harmed in spirit, a lot of times it'll harm your world. You know, like if you're messing with the occult or something and, and damage happens to you and in the realm of spirit, it can manifest in your world and mess your world up somehow. So so you can't be afraid that you had to kill this snake or something in your yard. You know what I'm saying? Because the divine in that snake knows that you needed to do that. So the amount of energy, like let me explain something. Science has shown and proven that, that a half a cup, teacup of empty space has enough power to boil all the world's oceans. So that's the amount of God spirit that it takes to boil all the world. So, okay, you're going to make the snake spirit mad. It's going to destroy you. No, the divine is God and has all wisdom and all knowledge and all power. And any race is completely under control of the divine, that divine that dwells in all things. So, so okay, do we just get away with damaging one another without the divine ever causing injury to the individuals that are bringing spiritual harm, you know what I'm saying, by deception, 
by perverting and wicked use of and things like that. The divine knows so how much or how little. Well, there's where how much or how little a lot of times you feel the divine is speaking to you. You should serve that light. That light was shown to you about that matter, and you can expand on it. You, know, you got showed that I need to think about these kind of things. Well, is any of that going on in my life? And a lot of times I watch the divine unfold it that way. You know, they, it don't mean you're going to get crushed because you damaged Jimbo's kids and told him, you know, believe every word in there. And it turned out to be Roman depiction. Something got got messed up for one of the kids. And because the God in them knows that you did that, your life's going to be damaged. And it might some. That's what I've witnessed. I'm a natural shaman that's learning more about it. Some people do get damaged because of their harm to other people by that very divine spirit. You know, they'll they'll say that the Holy Spirit avenges. But see, the Holy Spirit is that all-knowing and all-powerful and merciful God that we, we count on the mercy. But, you know, it's getting way out there these days, way into transgression-level lifestyles. You see what I'm saying? Way into the, because you're not responsible for that written word now that Rome has run over top of it. No, rabbinical order has it that nobody's responsible before the God that gave that to them. So when you get into a pantheon of gods and Jehovah, Adonai, and Lucifer and all that, you got to decide who created everything, which evil demiurge that they didn't tell you about at church. Well, an evil demiurge, according to Jesus, Jesus created everything. Book's just as viable as the Bible. I'll tell you about stuff like that. So, you know... God is still good because you got to separate that. The, the divine is, is great and terrible. You know, when you want to talk about the divine, like Moses supposedly said, you're a great and terrible God. Well, yin yang, you know, the divine uh, principles of, of spirit, the yin yang, you know, the good and bad and everything and all that. And the two dogs within, like the, the Native American Indians, two dogs within. And my church is the world's what Jesus supposedly said. So I listen to spiritual things from other cultures. So, you know, the two dogs within and, and the, the great and terrible spirit and then the yin-yang, that all compares out. But when I when I say God loves you, the view, that's a wonderful view to have. You're going to live in this this life that Jesus supposedly said. Now, just he said, cry when you're born. And, I, and he said, rejoice when you die. You know, so you're in this world that he said that about. But, but a view to look at it, a view, you know, like the, the college book you're looking at, use this view. God loves you. So, so how did he get an evil demiurge that created everything and God loves you as an evil demiurge or not? Well, you got a creator, you got a pantheon, like a whole crowd of gods that the early Israelites worshiped and stuff. So Jehovah Adonai gets in there and, and there's people that say Jehovah Adonai is evil. Evil demiurge. So if you believe the Christian God's church, Jehovah Adonai created everything, then cross that up with viable material. Scholars found that Jesus said an evil demiurge created everything. Then it's evil. Okay. You got to separate that because great and terrible is inside me and you. We are inside of great and terrible. And, and God is great and terrible, the divine. 
But when you talk about an evil demiurge, uh, is the demiurge good? Well, everything has that same two dogs within them. So I'm sure there's good portions of Jehovah Adonai. If you serve him as your God, I'm sure, you know, you can call him any way you want to call. But Jesus saying profound things quite often, you know, I've had some good experience with Jehovah Adonai in the realm of spirit. And, but, but yeah, I would say there's worthy, uh, cause to to you know, be careful about that because I'm not bound before any of those pantheon gods, any of that pagan likeness to know God, including Jehovah Adonai. And if he credited all the best he can be according to this document I'm talking about is an evil demiurge that created the place. Well, then that leaves him using the power of the divine spirit. The divine spirit. You know, you didn't have anything before you had the divine spirit creating the first thing. You just wouldn't. It just doesn't mathematically work out that there was nothing and then there was everything. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you had to have the divine spirit create something. So you can't say God, the Father, gave you everything, including the spirit. No. You mean the spirit that's in everything? And that's kind of like Islam and Christian arguing, you know, well, God, the spirit that's in everything, ain't just trapped in one God calling him Jove Adonai or Lucifer. If you believe Lucifer created everything, there's Luciferians do believe that. So there's a big argument there. So God, the divine, the separated version before anything was created that used whatever medium, a demiurge, that's fine. A demiurge in some manner willed it so and it came forth like the gift of manifestation and whatever he willed so it happened. But but that doesn't mean I have to be afraid now or you'd never found Gnostics or you'd never found any of those orders, apocalyptic groups or Jesus finding. You wouldn't find that he said or that any of them said anything about an evil demiurge creating everything without him just going poof and gone from here or diseased or whatever the God decided to do to him. Now, would you? Now, they're gone from this planet, but that doesn't mean you know, a lot of them were exterminated by, you know, the Catholic Church and the Romans. And so, you know, that doesn't mean they were wrong. Jesus was killed. And if they say he was brought back to life, that's fine. He's still gone. You know what I'm saying? I mean, gone for whatever duration. He's still gone. I mean, I believe he was resurrected. That's all fine. Ignore it. But he's still gone. So, you know, ultimately... You know, that doesn't make make him wrong as far as his teachings because he was able to be killed in the eventual there. I mean, you know, the divine got rid of him somewhere along the lines. I mean, a lot of them will say, you know, well, this religion has stood for this many years, so we know it's 100% true. Well, Jesus fell 33 years. Does that mean it's absolutely false? You know, his religion didn't stand. They, go find out what happened to early Christianity that Jesus actually professed. Gone. Does that mean it was wrong? Does, a lot of them will preach, you know, because that didn't stand. You know, but you're talking about the difference in, you know, uh, great big fella and little bitty fella and a great big fella not wanting a little fella to stand. I mean, you know what I'm saying? You had more physical level stuff for them to use. Now, the divine could. I mean, you, you say, but God wouldn't allow that. How do you know what God, who was great and terrible, was going to allow? Oh, but it says, well, you mean the, the book that the Romans gave you says it? So that does, that. you know, that's where you're tricking people, that you have God's word. You have Roman depiction all the way through, whatever you can make out of it. And you're not responsible 
before the God that gave that to them out of the pantheon of gods. And, and, and you want to go with the evil demiurge? Fine. There was people Gnostics saying that. And that doesn't make them wrong because they were able to be exterminated by people as powerful in the physical domain as the Romans. They had militaries. The Jewish people, a lot of them were hard gatherers and stuff. You know, so I'm going to leave you with that and my lineage and all that. But I do minister and I'm, I'm teaching a healthy way to see things. I'm not, I'm not down on God. I'm not just because I don't believe in a Roman depiction before I believe in the divine that's in me and you. I want you to have relationships where you don't lie to each other. I want you to respect the divine that's in me and you. And I want you to understand that that if there's any consequences from the divine, the divine governs that. You know, like if the divine in me connected in this Reiki healing has some problems with the divine in you, how much control of that will, will my feelings actually affect the divine's wraith upon your life until it gets straightened out? Well, I go with a lot of that grace and mercy because I see it and I believe that is on the look with the inside of things and you know, look within. Is that included? In it? Yeah, there is grace and mercy to be found with God. Okay, so the divine side of it has that, realize that, and that, that might, that, that almighty divine spirit knows how much to dish out and how much to allow damage and everything like that. But our first responsibility before we rely on grace and mercy is not to do what we know is wrong, okay? You see what I'm getting at? Before we rely on like, how do you get out of trouble? Don't get in it. How do you how do you keep from getting hurt? Don't you know? Don't get hurt. Just how do you how do you cure people that's injured? Don't get injured to start with. You know. So if we treat each other like that golden rule, and we realize, you know, that I wouldn't want you to do me that way. So I will tell you, this is a depiction, and it came from these people, and this is some of the history behind it. And these are the things I know about and stuff. So I want to share that with you so you can use judgment over sacrifice, a principle that is said to in the Bible to be choice for the divine or at least for God. So when you separate them in discernment, do you do you see that going on with the divine that, that allowed for somebody to ever say there was an evil demiurge between the divine and creating you, creating everything we know about, all the profound world? So... Or shouldn't you just be terrified of this demiurge? Well, a lot of people try to put that, that we're Christians and that's God. And, and it in fact, turns out to be the demiurge before Lucifer that created everything. You know, we're, we're afraid of him. Well, there's probably some level that you do have to be afraid. But what if you're not? What if you were an ancient Israelite and you had a pantheon of gods? You see what I'm saying? Where you could like pagan, I'm going to pray to this God of working with this God now, like in Wiccans, I'm working with this God for a while, you know, set my altar up different and everything, you know, protection from his evil, like the Babylonians, all the gods are evil. You had to wear the amulet with 666 on it, protect you from even the, the gods, the evil of the gods, if you wore this amulet. So again, using that Buddha in me, that Buddha in you, the Christ in me, the Christ in you, the divine in me, the divine in you. See what I'm saying? They, they believe that that amulet inspires the divine the way magic would. And, and that half of cup of empty space has enough power to boil all the world's oceans. That That's what's getting used by things like that amulet, by things like faith. Like your faith has a lot to do with the, you know, 
directives that the spirit around you unfolds in those dimensions. This person had enough faith, you know, that the the, the unfolding of the of that divine spirit in their physical world brought forth these things because they had that faith in that, you know, developing. So before you do anybody wrong, like I'm trying not to, when I tell you about this depictions and stuff, Roman depictions and how they might be. And, and, and I do that because I love you and I want that to be a real part of this Buddha in me or this Christ in you and me or this divine in you and me. Respect that. You see, and, I, and I, that's the kind of church I want to run that we respect the divine. But you're going to find out a lot more about me. I'm Robert Edward Booth. Go and see Three Oaks One. Dot com. Peace to you and peace. Profound.